0: down, Well, it's going to be Kyle Larson who's going to give Chip Ganassi Racing their first run into the next round. The furthest they've ever gone. Larson wins at the Monster Mile. You guys are in a one ever Good job guys. Every a good job You guys are in all that way. Welcome back to another edition of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. This is the only podcast out there where you're going to get NASCAR gambling talk through the whole thing. That's what we are, that's what we do. And we've got a great episode coming up. We are going to break down a very strange Dover race. Uh, I think strange is the right word for it. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to discuss how our picks from last week went, and just the race in general, because there's you know, a bunch of stuff you could really pick on there. And then, as we've been talking about, and as the guys on TV have been talking about, we've got Talladega coming up. I mean, in case you've been living under a rock, that's what's happening this weekend. That's right. They are going to Talladega for the playoff race and anything can happen there, so we're going to do our best to give out some picks to win the race and some top tens, some head-to-head picks, so it's going to be a challenge. We're A little preview there for you. It's a tough one, tough race to pick winners at, but we're going to give it a shot because that's what we do here, and then we're going to end with another rant, and this time I'm going to talk about how season win bets need to be available come February uh, just because at this race, it kind of stands out to me and we'll talk about why and and what that means exactly. So that'll be how we end it. So let's get down to it, talking about Dover because it was a very interesting race. And for the picks that we gave out last week, it was even more interesting. I was uh, starting to sweat it a little bit before the race even started. I, I gave out Joey Logano as somebody that I liked last week and he didn't make it to the green flag mechanical issue sidelined the 22 before the race started something very strange um, that you know you don't see every day especially in the playoffs especially to someone as high of a caliber as the 22 and joey logano defending champs and they're they're having mechanical issues that early knocks them out puts them in a bit of a hope for the playoffs overall then another guy who i really liked we talked about chase Elliott at length last week. I really liked him to win that race and 10 laps into the race. He has an engine blow up. So I was really feeling it, you know, cause I wasn't sure if we were, uh, going to pull through picking, giving out somebody that would win the race. Lucky for us, we did have Kyle Larson, pull it out for us at the end. Uh, which was really great. I was saying last week I can't quit Kyle Larson and I am so glad that no one convinced me to quit him last week because it would have been really tough to take so finally my all my love and support for the 42 really uh, cashed in for me on Sunday on a pretty boring race overall actually. Uh, if I didn't have the 42 if I didn't have money on him it would have been even more tough to take so So let's kind of dissect it a little bit. I would say that the most exciting part of the race was actually before the race even started. Uh, With all the craziness that happened with Logano and and dropping out, the sideline reporters, the pit reporters were going nuts, trying to scramble and figure out what was going on. And then to have something happen a Chase right after that, right after the race started, 10 laps later, was even more bizarre. And it seemed like that was... Really, all we were talking about the rest of the race. Now, the the drivers came out of Dover super pissed off, talking about how impossible it was to pass, and it showed. Watching the race, I mean, Larson only won the race because he won the race off of pit road. His pit crew got him into first place, and he was able to hold on to it for an extended amount of time in that third stage. And it was, you know, I'm glad that I had money on it. It was a race that you would really hope that people, you know, had something on it because if they didn't, it was really boring to watch. It really does seem like NASCAR is going to have to do something about Dover. um, And and they've doubled down and said that they're going to use that same package there next year. So, you know, they pretty much said to the drivers, get used to it. But here's something that's very telling as someone who's consuming the, the broadcast on both radio and television last week, as I was coming home um, from being away, listen to it on the radio. And then I, I popped it on the TV at the end. It didn't matter which way I was you know consuming the race. Everybody was talking about Talladega. So it's almost like Dover is just an afterthought coming into the race. It was, Hey, got to do well because we know what's next week. It's Talladega. Anything can happen. They talked about it with the Logano thing, with the Elliot thing. Hey, Chase, you know, are you nervous about Dega? Um, uh, then at the very end larson wins the race and what does he say i'm just so happy that we have this win so we don't have to worry about talladega talladega is such a big deal that it overshadows dover and when you put out a race as poor as that there's no wonder why everyone's you know kind of skipping over the dover race it's it's kind of silly so very uh very strange somewhat boring race but you know, I liked it at the end because the, the really the one guy that I had left. I also, uh, I think I took money on Blaney at one point. Um, he got knocked out. So it seemed like all my guys were, were, you know, dropping like flies except for the 42 holding strong for me. Now, a couple uh, head-to-head action. I, I went hard against, uh, first of all, I said if you were going hard against Kyle Bush you would cash in. And I was right about that. Um, Cousin Greg was dead on with his lock of the week. He took Truex over Bush, and that cashed in nice and handsomely. Uh, but I I brought William Byron back from the dead. I said he was dead to me, and then I said, you know what? It's October, season of zombies. I'm going to bring him back from the dead to beat Alex Bowman in a head-to-head matchup. And, my God, Byron just has something against me. I don't know what it is. Bowman went up and finished third at Dover that was shocking to me and and quick shout out to Bubba Wallace what kind of coward are you you're gonna do all that shit talking after the race uh the week before and then you're not gonna do anything actually on the racetrack at Dover shame for shame you know what I'm saying I was counting on him to wreck Bowman and uh Bowman survives and finishes third so very strange race overall uh at Dover so let's Let's put that behind us. We'll cash our ticket for Larson's win, and we will move on to what everybody was talking about, Talladega. This coming Sunday, this is officially going to be the hardest race that I've had to try to pick winners for since I started doing this podcast, but I'm up for the challenge. I'm kind of figuring out my strategy, and I'm going to share that with you and and kind of let you pick and choose how you want to uh, cherry pick The guys who I like this week, because I think you could break them down into different sections, right? You have guys who are strong here. Then you have guys who are desperate. You've got guys who are long shots and then kind of everybody in between. And you could study this racetrack until your eyes pop out of your head. And I think you still might come up way short. That's how hard it is to predict something here because it is truly the most unpredictable racetrack. It's the home of the big one. This is that you could have a guy dominating the race up in front and just like that, he's out of the race because somebody gets in the back of him, trying to make a pass and you know, about 15 cars also pile up behind him, and then you might have five guys you pick to win on the race and all five of them are knocked out instantly. That's the type of racetrack we're heading to. So buckle up. No pun intended, but, I mean, it's going to be, you know, very tough this weekend. Like I said, I'm up for the challenge. So talking about stats and track history, coming into this, I was like, you know what? It doesn't even matter where, you know, my guys that I pick qualify or practice. Because in practice, practice sessions at these huge super speedways like talladega or daytona to me it doesn't mean anything because if they're out there practicing by themselves then obviously they're not going to be as fast as they will be in the draft and then when they are practicing in the draft they're usually with their teammates and it's not really you know game speed as you would say race speed Uh, so i don't take them as seriously as i do maybe like practices at other tracks But I was a little surprised to see, because I like digging into the history of things here, and I was a little surprised to see when I looked at the the fact sheet about Talladega, 100 races have gone off at this place. And if you're talking about from the starting position, how many times a guy has won from the top five, it's been over 55%. I would have bet against that before I read it, I would have thought, hey, you know, this is a track where the guy can come from anywhere. You could start way in the back and, and jump to the front uh, based on, you know, people wrecking out. But the stats tell you that's actually not as common as you would think. A winner has only come from 21st or back eight times in the history of this racetrack. That's surprising. So while we are talking about how unpredictable it actually is, We do have to keep that in mind, you know. I am not touching anybody's odds. I'm not putting any actual bets in until after qualifying because if we've got someone that is, you know, 21st or back, I I may, even though their name may be a big name and I I like them a lot, I, I probably would hold off just because that stat scares me. You know, some tracks that doesn't really scare me, but this one, coming into it the way I was thinking it, was so one way, like this doesn't matter. Seeing how strong that stat is, eight percent of guys have won from twenty-first or back. That makes me turn my head and say, "Whoa, that's weird." I, I you know, so I have to kind of respect that. Um, and you may get better odds after qualifying. Now let's talk about the odds because this is a track. I mean, you knew coming into it, you're going to get the best odds you would on any driver that you like. Joey Logano is going off as the favorite at plus 800. That is the best value for a favorite uh, of anybody that you'll see the rest of the year. And I was, you know, a little surprised that it was Logano's name at the top, but, you know, it really, to me, came down to either Logano or Kozlowski because, you know, they both have three wins here. They're, they're strong at this track. Their history tells us that, you know, they're somehow able to maneuver around the junk and put the, put the vehicle in victory lane. Um, I would guess that they have Lugano going off as the favorite just due to desperation compared, you know, talking about what happened last week, he's clearly, uh, part of a team that can win and you know, why not? Um, some of these other guys up at the front, Chase Elliott, talk about desperation. So the two guys who wrecked out before the first 10 laps yesterday, are the two favorites. Uh, so there has to be something to that. Uh, clearly they're going to take risks at this place and, you know, try to put the car up front early. So Logano and Elliott, Elliott's going off at 10 to one plus 1,000. Also 10 to one is Kozlowski and Kyle Busch. The best odds you're going to get on Kyle Busch to win a race for the rest of the year, plus 1100, 11 to one. If you're someone who, like myself, has just avoided betting on Kyle uh, due to bad odds, this may be the time to to throw something on him. Uh, Stats may tell you otherwise, but if you're just sick of betting against him for stats reasons, uh, or sorry, sick of betting against him for the odds purposes, this is one where you know, you would definitely clean up if he hit. So from there, you're looking at Hamlin 11 to one, Harvick 12 to one, Blaney 15, Kurt 15, Truex 15, and um, yeah, we'll get into some further guys down there. But those are the names that you're looking at at the top of the favorites list. And I'm gonna kind of break this down into some, some of those groups that I mentioned earlier. And first we'll talk about guys who are strong and and i did kind of mention kozlowski and logano i'm gonna go in on kozlowski this week i like it at 10 to 1. like i said see what happens after qualifying i can't see them shooting that far up so the two car has some pretty decent stats sixth overall an average finish lifetime at this racetrack not too bad and there, the, the Kozlowski's driver rating is actually third best overall, uh, behind Logano and Elliott. Uh, not very far behind, too, just a couple points off. Elliott with uh, the highest driver rating. So, looking at Kozlowski, three wins here in the last 10 races. Let's just look at those three wins, four top fives, five top tens. He's finished on the lead lap, eight of the last 10 races. So, I gotta like a guy who just has the ability to clearly win the race, but also avoid the wrecks 80% of the time in the last 10 races, he's finishing on the lead lap. That's, that's telling you that he's keeping the car clean um, or clean enough. So at those odds, 10 to one plus 1,000. I really like it. Plus the fact that he's still in the playoffs. um, Mark me down for the two car. The, the, Decision is really between, again, the, the 22 and the, the two. And I like the desperation. I'm not against Logano, but if I'm going to put my money down, I'm not going to put them on both, just like I talked about last week. And I, I think desperation is good to an extent, but um, you know when I have to pick and choose, I'm going to go with the guy who doesn't have to be reckless. And uh, also, at Dover, I mentioned this in the Dover recap section, how Logano did go back out onto the racetrack and he pissed a lot of people off. And I talked about how Bowman pissed some people off and it might come back to haunt him. Uh, Logano pissed some people off, including Denny Hamlin, who they have all sorts of history of wrecking each other and, and really not liking each other. But It wasn't just Hamlin. It was a bunch of people. He was getting in their way like 20 laps down when these guys are passing for the lead. And it really didn't make sense to anyone other than Logano fans. So he's going to have some guys out there who really aren't going to give a shit if if they need to run him over or put him in the wall um, at some point in the race. So give me the two car at plus 1,000 at day to start my winner's. Then we're gonna roll that right into another guy who is consistently strong here and this might come to be a little bit of a surprise for some people but it's kurt bush in the last 10 races he's got the third highest average finish of 9.4 and the two guys ahead of him have only raced here one time we'll actually touch on them later so if you're talking about guys who have been here more than five times. He's the best in the last 10 races. And he's finished on the lead lap nine of those 10 times. No wins, but two top five, seven top tens and a pole. So Kurt Busch, he's on the Chip Canassi camp. They obviously got a huge win last weekend. We talked about how they were going to be funneling funds into the Larson machine um, and, you know, really kind of bailing on the one car. Uh, but I think they get that win and winning is contagious. That race shop is going to be electrified this week. And, you know, when you have a guy like Kurt, he's a veteran. He's obviously very good here. I think he's someone that could go out now. The 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 shadow around that organization, is, the pressure around that whole organization of getting the 42 into the next round of the playoffs is off. And it's now kind of off both of them, if that makes any sense. So, Give me him going off at plus 1500, 15 to one. Those are good odds, great odds for someone who has the best average finish in the last 10 races of, uh, anyone who's been there, you know, racing for a few years. So I like Kirk Bush there. The, the one car I think could surprise some people if he can, you know, maybe get up there, maybe qualify well and, uh, stay up front away from the shit uh, if he's there in the end, I think he could be a force. Now I'll, I'll choose somebody who really is desperate and that's going to be Chase Elliott. And this is, you know, a combination of things. So I, I was just ripping off a couple names, a couple guys who I like to win the race who are just consistently good at Talladega. Um, and I'm kind of transitioning into the conversation of people who are desperate and Chase Elliott is both. He's desperate and you know, maybe he's not officially desperate. I mean, he's in the the negative space right now. He's below the cut line in the playoff race by, I think, seven points. And And I might be overreacting. That might not be desperate, but it's definitely not good. So you look at the fact that he has the best driver rating out of all playoff drivers. That is something really solid and something that I really like to cling on to as a stat that you can – Write home about, but he won this race in the spring. He's got one win, three top fives, three top tens, and a poll in the last 10 races here. Um, he's only actually raced here seven times, so finished on the lead lap four of those seven times. His numbers aren't bad. I mean, I think anytime you're working with someone who has won a race at this place, it's, you know, automatically brings them a step up into higher consideration for throwing money on them. So the fact that his numbers are good here, driver ratings good here, feeling like he's you know desperate coming off of last week. Keep using that term, but he was uh, not happy, obviously, in those interviews after the race at Dover. So I feel like that they're just kind of like a caged animal right now, waiting to get onto that huge racetrack and kind of show their stripes. So give me the nine car at plus. 1,000 to win the race at Dega this weekend, try to redeem themselves a little bit and, and punch their ticket into the round of eight. The guy who, you know, we talk about being desperate or, or needing to come up with something big, the, that guy would be Ryan Blaney. He's way far back now, uh, 27, you know, definitely 20 plus points back from the cut line. And I'm not going to throw money on Blaney this week. Uh, I'm actually going to hold my money and bet on him at Kansas because he's actually very good there uh, compared to Talladega, where his average finish is like up around over 20. Uh, So I'm going to hold my money there. He's going off at plus 1500 or 15 to one, which, you know, decent value there. He's with team Penske. They've obviously racked up six wins out of the last 10 races, um, so that camp is obviously good, but I'm still going to avoid betting on Blaney. Maybe I'll I'll get burned on it, but just haven't seen enough out of him, and I don't know if just wanting it more is actually enough at a racetrack like this, so I'm going to hold my money for him until next week um, and probably go all in, or he'll be going all in at that point, so I'll throw a little cash his way then. But let's talk about the fun part about betting guys to win at Talladega, it's the fact that really anyone can do it. So the long shots are the fun part of a, rac- a racetrack like this, because anything can happen. I mean, that's what you're going to see about the lead up, all the pregame, everything about it is going to be about how anything can happen this racetrack. So this is a guy who probably wouldn't be considered a long shot to you know most NASCAR fans, but I'm going to go with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. going off at 1,700, plus 1,700, 17 to one. He, I mean, let's look at the case for Ricky, okay? He's not a long shot in most people's eyes because he thrives at super speedways, all right? But he has been dismal this year. So when you take that into consideration, it really does make him a long shot. I mean, if Ricky Stenhouse Jr. were to go out and win Talladega this weekend, it would be an enormous story. So this is why I'm throwing money on Ricky Stenhouse, and we'll see if you feel like you'd be with me on this. And that's, he lost his ride. We, we talked about that on a previous podcast. He is no longer going to be driving the 17 next year. He currently does not have a new ride. And when you think of, if, if I'm an owner of a car or a team, and I am presented with the idea of, you know, Ricky Stenhouse taking on driving for me, the first thing that I think of is super speedways. So this is really an audition for Ricky Stenhouse. This is his bread and butter. And if he's going to score a a top notch ride, there's no doubt in my mind that Ricky Stenhouse is going to be driving next year, but it might not be for, you know, really decent team. I mean, he might be driving for one of the ship boxes. So to avoid that, if he goes out and wins this race, man, does he have a lot of negotiating skills for anyone that's coming knocking. So I think he's going to be driving his best race this weekend on Sunday to give himself that leverage at the negotiating table um, to be able to get a better ride. So at plus 1700, 17 to 1, lock me in for somebody like that who has all of this on their shoulders going into the weekend. I love that. After that, now we really get to talk about some long shots. And these are some names that I'm gonna throw money on just for fun, just because of the type of race it's gonna be. Uh, Looking at the statistics, it may surprise you to learn that in the history of active drivers, so this is all races, not just the last 10 races, the third best average finish is Ty Dillon. Now he's only raced here five times. So small sample size compared to these guys who have been going here like 37 times, a lot more chances to wreck out. But Ty Dillon has finished on the lead lap five times in five races. He doesn't have much to show for it. He has not cracked the top 10. But why not now? And going off at plus 6,600, why the hell not? You know, that's the fun of this racetrack. So if you want a long shot, he's got an average finish of 14.2. Not bad. Five races. Like I said, no real stats to show for that effort. But I'm going to throw, you know, a little something-something on the 13 car. Uh, They got a pretty cool paint scheme this week. So chalk it up. I like it. Ty Dillon and somebody, if maybe that's you know a little too outlandish, Daniel Suarez is right behind him. His average finish is 14.4. He does have a top 10 here in five races started, four finished on the lead lap. So Suarez, obviously somebody we've talked about at length in the past. He's somebody at going off at plus 3,300, so you split the odds in half there but um, still pretty favorable if you throw a little tiny bit on them um, and just see what happens. I like that. Mark me down for the the Suarez machine as well. So just to recap the the guys that I'll be throwing money on this weekend to win the race, I like Chase Elliott plus 1,000 as well as Brad Kozlowski at the same price plus 1,000. I also like Kurt Busch plus 1,500. I like ricky stenhouse plus 1700 and then of course like i just said if we want to get a little crazy daniel suarez at 3300 and ty Dillon at plus 6600. one of those guys go out get it done for full tank with phil boogity, boogity, boogity. Creation, you bunch of hot dogs? so now we'll switch gears and we'll start talking about some head-to-head matchups and who i like to win those matchups based on some of the the head-to-head selections that the books have already put out there now. And my original thought coming into this, and I, I still stand by it after looking through the matchups that they've already offered, is, you know, if say Sunday morning rolls along, and you're sitting on the can thinking about, you know, scrolling through the list of matchups, thinking about who to bet on. Anytime you see someone that is listed as a hard favorite or hard underdog at Talladega, I'm just going to say, I don't think so, sir, to the books. And I think you take the underdog in that scenario every single time. And the, the first one that I see here is Logano versus Kozlowski. Brad is going off at plus 100 to Logano's 134. What? in the world are they seeing that allows them to say that Logano is, you know, so much more of a favorite. We talked about those guys in depth earlier in the, the winner's section. They're pretty much, you know, tit for tat there. They're, they're spot on uh, as far as stat wise. I mean, they both got three wins. They're, they're very good here. So as the gambler, Knowing that Talladega is what it is, why not take the underdog? I mean, that's that's easy. So if you're parlaying that into uh, another, you know, couple bets of underdogs, you're going to have some really good value there heading into Dega, where anything can happen. So give me the underdog, Brad Keselowski. I have no idea why he's listed as the underdog, but maybe we'll steal something here from the books. I've got a few more here for you, and you know, three of these. Uh, are even money, but these are guys who I really think are going to win the matchup very easily. And the first one that I have, they're both going off at minus 115. It's Kurt Busch versus Alex Bowman. So I talked about how I really like Kurt earlier. He's obviously very strong here. Alex Bowman is not very strong here. Okay. His average finish now it's a small sample size, but it's not good. It's below 20. Not a very good race car driver at this track. He, he cannot avoid wrecks. Now, you know, I tend to think that that car is just addicted to the big one. Um, so we'll see if that continues. I would bet that it could. Um, Kurt is 17-13 and 13 versus Bowman so far this year. Bowman is actually on a little bit of a win streak. Um, so give me kurt to try to rebound here in this head-to-head matchup and uh and you know looking at the history at talladega these two head-to-head at the fall race talladega bowman didn't race the 2017 season but uh the four races that they were both racing at kurt is 4-0 so lock it in make it five in a row this week going even money makes zero sense to me. I mean, talking about how you know, it really makes no sense to, to have anybody listed as an underdog unless you're talking about two extreme opposites, um, how are these two going off at even? I, I don't understand. I think maybe the playoff driver factor is coming into play. The books are probably saying, hey, Bowman's a, a playoff driver, so it's going to mean more to him. I disagree. Give me Kurt in the one car to win that matchup. Next one that I have for you is a little bit of a surprise. So these two are both going off at even money, minus 115. And if I were to say to you, Denny Hamlin versus Kyle Busch, season standings head-to-head, season record head-to-head, you know what would you think the record would be? I would probably say that Kyle Busch has him beat pretty handily. But that's just simply not the case. Kyle does have the season standing versus him uh, looks like it is 1614 is the the score right now going into the Dago race that's still surprising to me that it's that close I mean it's just one race off and it's even uh, for the year so Denny Hamlin is strong at Talladega Super Speedways he has shown the ability to get it done and looking at this fall race the last five years, the 11 car is 4-1 versus Kyle Busch. So I like Denny Hamlin in this matchup. Even odds. And also looking at the last three races in the season, Denny's 2-1. and one. He's actually 2-0 and oh in the last two races. So Denny's hot, and he's good at this racetrack, and he's good at this racetrack versus Kyle Busch. Give me Denny Hamlin. Even money minus 115. To me, that seems um like it's more of a challenge to win that one because it really could go either way compared to these other matchups but i still you know can really get behind it after i'm talking myself into it here's one for you that i find uh pretty intriguing to bet on and this is going to be kyle larson versus paul menard so larson like we talked about got his win he's into the round of eight to me that means he is going out there to talladega just saying, eh, whatever happens, it happens. You know, if I am able to to hang in there and really compete for the win at the end, great. You know, not that big a deal. Five bonus points for the playoffs. But if I get wiped out in the big one, no big deal. And you're looking at Paul Menard, who this is, you know, this is the end of his career. He's retiring at the end of the season. So I think if there's going to be a... a racetrack where you know he can celebrate winning any of these tracks at the end uh, he doesn't have many career victories talladega would be a huge notch on his belt i would bet that kyle or sorry i would bet that paul menard has sat down since retire coming out as retiring and circled talladega is like boys if i can get one this is the one i want and um, he's actually not bad here Average finish 16, you know, seventh out of all active drivers in the last 10 races compared to Kyle Larson, who is 17th. His average finish here is 21st. So he's actually got better numbers than Larson. They're going off at even numbers. uh, Sorry, even value minus 115. I, I... Surface level, I'd be like, yeah, give me Kyle Larson all day. But then when I start to dig into it and I start to think of the the human element a little bit, I'm really starting to like the the 21 car. So uh, this is one that I will be monitoring because I think that after qualifying, you'll be able to get some better value on Menard. And uh, at that point, I would definitely say lock it in in because I think Larson's going to take the day off. It's just a Sunday stroll for the 42, I think. The last one that I have for you is one that I, you know, really didn't see myself trying to bet on, and that's Ryan Newman versus Austin Dillon. Now, the thing that got my attention to this one is the fact that Dillon is going off as an underdog. He's plus 100, and I just think that it's kind of, you know, silly not to take someone who is, you know, unless it's a, a clear cut, better driver, I think it's a little silly not to try to take advantage of those odds. So digging into the numbers a little bit, I mean these two the the tail of tape this season, Newman's been really having his way with Dylan. Twenty one to nine is the season score head to head. But at this racetrack in the fall, it's actually only three to two Newman. And um, the last three races, it is actually two to one Dylan. So, and last week, Dylan actually finished better than Newman. So, uh, there's a case to be made to take Dylan. And I think, you know, I've been looking for a reason to try to get behind the three car recently. Uh, He really hasn't been showing me much, but I mean, he, he won before at a super speedway. It was Daytona, but you know, they're very similar in uh, the way the races actually play out. So he clearly has the ability to kind of maneuver through these types of races. And um, if he's done it once at a track like that, why not have the ability to do it here? So give me the three car plus 100 to lame duck Ryan Newman. I mean, he's, he's uh, still probably frustrated with the ending of his playoffs. So I like the three to maybe try to steal one from Ryan Newman in the six team. So again, just to kind of recap who I like in the head-to-head matchup, and you technically could parlay this if you wanted to. I might do the same. Uh, So Kurt Busch, I like him, minus 115 over Alex Bowman. I like Denny Hamlin, minus 115 over Kyle Busch. Give me Brad Kozlowski as the underdog, plus 100 over Joey Logano. Austin Dillon, also an underdog, plus 100 over Ryan Newman. And then in a strange one, I didn't see it coming, but I I really like it. Paul Menard, minus 115 over Kyle Larson. Those are my head-to-head picks for this week at Talladega. Vegas, baby! Vegas! Vegas! So now we'll transition into a section that I've actually skipped the past couple weeks, and that's betting on some guys to finish within the top 10. And at Talladega, I feel like that's a really fun bet to make just because there could be some huge wrecks, especially late in the race, and, you know, then you end up with like 11 cars limping to the end. And, you know, one of these guys who you never really see up there could be one of those drivers that, you know, sneak their way into the top 10. I've already mentioned Ty Dillon as a, a complete long shot to win the race. I mean, obviously that's just more silly than anything else just for fun. But for talking to finishing the top 10, I mean, Ty Dillon, he's never done it yet, but he's going off at plus 6,600 to win the race. He's going off at plus 700 to finish in the top 10 right now. So, yeah, I mean, I would say with an average finish of uh, just over 13 that Ty Dillon could finish in the top 10. Why not? That's a pretty solid value pick. Some other guys to actually keep your eye on are some of those Guys who were way down the list in terms of odds, but the last race earlier this year, we had a couple rookies finish in the top five. Ryan Priest finished third here in the spring, which is shocking to me. Ryan Priest is also going off right now at around plus seven hundred to finish in the top ten. So that, you know, clearly he somehow maneuvered his way to a top three finish. That is Really big payday for anyone who bet him to finish in the top three last fall, or excuse me, last spring, earlier this year. Then Daniel Hemrick, another rookie, another guy who's actually out of his car, poor bastard, uh, didn't even get a a full season under his belt before they already kicked him out of his ride, but he finished fifth here in the spring. So, you know, like I said, who knows if it'll happen again, tough call at this racetrack, but Hemrick is plus 1,000 to finish in the top 10, and that's right now. It'll probably be even better odds, you know, on Sunday. So all I'm saying is there are some value picks out there to finish in the top 10 that actually keep the race very interesting because it's a race where you might have a guy who you never usually get a chance to bet on, maybe like a Bubba Wallace, for example. He's got terrible numbers here. But just if you like Bubba and you want to bet on him, he could be riding 30th, you know, with with 20 laps to go. And there could be three huge wrecks. And then all of a sudden Bubba Wallace is scoring you and cashing you in a top 10 ticket. Who knows? It's that type of track. So uh, those are the guys that I'm going to look at to throw some cash down on for the race on Sunday. But I'm just encouraging you to keep your eye out on somebody that you may like that you never get a chance to bet on do it this weekend it it might work out for you okay so to end the podcast this week i do have uh, another rant and this is just yet another suggestion of a way to make gambling on nascar more fun and this is just an idea for a different type of bet that is not currently available out there that I have seen at any books. So talking about season win totals for drivers in NASCAR, season totals are something that you see in every other sport, whether it be football, basketball, hockey, it doesn't matter what sport it is there's an opportunity to bet on a team over under how many wins they're going to have on the year. And in those sports, it's a little bit more challenging, I think, as the gambler to you know make and, and hit those bets. In NASCAR, I think the reason it doesn't exist right now is because it's probably tough for the books to set lines uh, that are challenging enough where they could make some money but I definitely think that it's possible. So I wanted to bring this up at a racetrack like Talladega because I think it would be, you know, just throwing out a random example, and then we'll get back to kind of how to make this work. But imagine, if you will, you had Ricky Stenhouse Jr. The over-under for him on the year could be like 0.5, right? You're going into Talladega, this is your shot. Okay. So if, if they set the line at, at a half a race, basically saying all he needs to do is win one race this year and you hit your, you over under, this is the last chance, last gasp that ticket has to cash in. And that makes this type of race really fun, you know? So the, the way that I could see this going down, I mean, you're going to have decent numbers for the bigger guys right so over under five and a half for someone like kyle bush martin Truex, kevin harvick the the favorites every year but where it really gets tricky is the guys at the bottom because you could just say okay the over under for ryan priest is a half a race and just take the under every single time now i do think they would have to kind of shut stuff like that down some shut the stuff down where the the guys clearly who the guys who aren't going to win races, you're not going to be able to allow people to bet on the under for guys like that. But I think for the majority of drivers out there, you should present the ability to bet over under win totals and maybe for someone like a, I don't know, Austin Dillon The bet to say, I'm going to bet under a half a race for Austin Dillon. So you're essentially saying he will not win a race this year. Yeah, the odds should be, you know, like minus 10,000. So that makes it a little bit more discouraging for the fan to just take the easy money. But I really think it'd be fun come February to be able to go down the list. The books put the the list out of of the over-unders for the year and you just throw some cash on pretty much every driver, up, down, over, under, whatever you want to take on each guy, and then you have that list for the year. So if you're not betting on the actual race that weekend, maybe you just couldn't get a chance to, to throw any money on it, at least you have something on it. you know. I, I take uh, Chase Elliott over. Maybe I didn't throw anything on him for that particular race, but if he wins that race man, just gets me one step closer to cashing that ticket. Um, I, I I like this bet in other sports. I think it makes you know every game interesting and it would just be another way to make every race interesting on the NASCAR schedule. My hope is that come this February, they do have these types of bets available, some future NASCAR bets, other than who will win the championship um, because it'll allow them to kind of reset I mean, gambling has really taken off in general since the Daytona 500 this season. So I would really hold out hope that the books do put something like this together where we're able to, to go down the line and, and they do set win total over-unders for the drivers uh, for the upcoming season. Because if not, they're really saying that they don't care about NASCAR, that they're allowing NASCAR gambling to, to fall behind compared to these other sports, where this bet has been available in other sports forever. So why not here? You know what I mean? And you could even, just to make it just one step further, allow fans to bet on over-under win totals for a team. So you could say over-under 7.5 for Hendrick. And, you know, just hope that Hendrick has a really good year that year or Penske or, or whatever. Um, that gives you more dogs in the fight as the gambler. You know, if you're taking Team Penske win total, now you have three guys every single race that you're cheering for just to hit your over-under win total for the season. So um, there, there are different layers to it that, you know, could make it even more fun. But this is the rant to try to say, This February, it better be there or else there will be another rant uh, with a much more negative undertone to it. So somebody out there, if you're listening, you work for one of the books, make it happen, please. I guarantee that you'll get some play and it'll really help the sport as well because you may get some people paying attention to the races that they might not otherwise have been watching. So that's going to do it. For another edition of Full Tank with Phil, we've got a very fun race coming up. There's no doubt about it that there's going to be a big one at some point this weekend. But my hope to you is that you're going to take some of these picks. You're going to put some money down and you will cash a big one at the end of this race. Cash in and, and get ready to gear up for the rest of this playoff run. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week for the Kansas race